Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Have you ever wished you had a certain talent or gift? Maybe you wish you were a brilliant scientist or a world-famous singer or a gold medal winning basketball player. Those are all good gifts, but sometimes no matter how much we practice or how hard we try, we just won't have all the gifts we want. But that doesn't mean we don't have special gifts of our own. We all play an important role in the body of Christ, also known as the church, and God's given all of us gifts to help. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of 1 Corinthians. He said to think about it like this. In our human body, our eyes and our feet were made to do very different things. Our eyes were made to see, and our feet were made to walk. If our eyes and our feet decided to change places, how would we see? How would we walk? Our bodies wouldn't work very well. The body of Christ is the same way. God's given us our special gifts as part of His church. When we use those gifts well, the whole body of Christ works like it should to show God's love to each other and the world. But when we don't use our gifts or get jealous and wish we had different gifts, it's like we're an eye wishing we were a foot. God made you to be you with your own unique and special mix of gifts and talents. So think about how you can use the gifts He's given you to follow Jesus and serve others as part of the church. When you do that, you'll be true to the self God made you to be. Amen to that. And, uh, you know, a big part of the message today is really all about just empowering you so that you would realize all the more that you have a purpose. Um, You know, I said recently that, you know, not only is our God a God of love, but everything that he does, he does because of love. And when he created you, he created you because of love. You were created by love for love, and that was to love God and to love people. Today, what I want us to do is turn to Gateway Word of the Week, which is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to begin to read from verse 12. And the Apostle Paul writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, so it is with the body of Christ. Okay, so the Apostle Paul, he's giving us a word picture. And he's liking the church to a natural body. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear... Where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them just as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 
I like the language here, how it actually says, uh, Paul is saying, if the ear should say, because I am not this part in the body, I do not belong to the body. Have you ever actually thought a little bit like that? You know, in your own, perhaps even your, your subconscious You've thought to yourself, well, because I don't have that position or because I don't do this or I don't do that or I don't have the same skill set or gift set or voice or look or age or whatever it might be, have you ever thought to yourself, oh, because I'm not like that or sound like that, I'm not a part of the body? Can I just say that if you have, it's just the wrong mindset because Paul is saying you've all got a part to play. And it may not be the same part, and that's fine. But we all have something to contribute. You know, in the end, on Judgment Day, uh, Jesus is going to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things or some little things. Now enter into the joy of your master. Uh, The point that I'm trying to land right here is this, that the Lord is only looking for us to play our part and to be faithful in just a few things. Like a jigsaw puzzle, just want to turn your attention to the screen. It's already on there. Well done, team. Uh, Like a jigsaw puzzle, they were like, boom, onto it like that. (laughs) Like a jigsaw puzzle full of individual shapes colors and pieces we all have a unique god-shaped part and a purpose to play that is bigger than just ourselves i just want to take this moment today to welcome mark hello mark one of the most joy-filled people i have ever met in my life yeah he said hi good to see you young man i also want to give a shout out to uh liz Liz Burdak on production today. Margie has been training her and she is all over it. And uh, and last but not least, Adrian Povey all over sound in the live stream today as well. Let's give him a hand. It's his first time uh, doing it all by himself. And so he came in about eight o'clock this morning and I I had a feeling he was a little bit nervous. And so he walks in because it's his first time. This is a big deal. And uh, so he walks in, he he rubbed his hands like this as he just looked at the whole production suite and uh, he was all over it. So and I just want to also say thank you so much to, you know, the the worship team and all of those in production and, uh, you know, just for rallying together the way that you have. I think it's a great, great testimony and that it should be celebrated and applauded. Can we just thank them also? Thank you so much. Well done, team. In Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And he said, The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself and that there is no commandment greater than these. In case you don't know, the the core values of Gateway Life Church. We only have two, and the core values are number one, love. And the reason for that is because Jesus said, there is no commandment greater than these, and that is to love. And of course, our second core value is to serve. But when it comes to this passage, I want to ask you, what's your next step? 
when it comes to loving God with more of your heart, with more of your soul, with more of your mind, and with more of your strength. What's your next step? Being a part of a family, being a part of the local church, the community is all about each one of us taking personal responsibility for our own hearts. You know, I believe that only the mature can really effectively take personal responsibility for their own hearts. You know, blame is the original devil's game. Blame is the devil's game. Uh, I don't have to go into the whole story, but we know that, you know, when Adam and Eve fell, God came to Adam. What is this that you have done? He didn't take responsibility. He said, it's the woman that you gave me. She made me do it. Eve, God said, what is this that you have done? And she said, look, it wasn't me. The devil made me do it. And so began the origins of the blame game, which is the devil's game. But we got to take personal responsibility. You know, even when it comes to, you know, AA or NA, which, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or uh, Narcotics Anonymous or any other road to recovery and any other road to freedom begins with an acknowledgement that, hello, my name is and I am responsible for where I am. This also has to do with taking personal ownership when it comes to owning the vision of this church, the mission, owning the people, the house of God with all of our heart. You know, people own it because of a revelation of Jesus. People own it because of a clear vision, a clear mission and a clear purpose. They know they have a purpose. They know they have a responsibility. People own it because they see an opportunity to love and serve God by loving and serving people. People own it because of theology. They have biblical knowledge where they just don't know what the Word of God says, right? But they do what it says. People own it, take personal responsibility because they're generous with their time, their talent, and with their treasure. And people own it in proportion to their own faith and capacity and time. But at the end of the day, we should all own it on some level and in some way. And so today is the first Sunday of the new financial year. So I don't only want to say happy Sunday, but happy new financial year. And may we all prosper and more and more in every way in Jesus' name. But I really did feel um, today to talk about giving, uh, especially in the areas of tithing, offerings, savings, and spendings from a, a biblical perspective. But we're not going to talk about it just from a financial point of view. Let's just, uh, I, want us, I want everyone to take a deep breath. Okay, I know, we're talking about finances in church. Uh, I just want us to take a deep breath and to relax. This is not just about uh, financial stewardship. Uh, it's about stewardship of our time and stewardship of our own talents, okay? Because we've all been gifted. And I just think that it's really important uh, that we understand it all from God's perspective, like everything. Uh, in actual fact, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity they shall stand. 
You know, we all love a generous hearted person. You know, when I think about generosity, it's not even about finances, right? It's really about generosity of soul. I would rather have a room full of people who are just generous of soul, okay? Because that is the, the greatest uh, inspiring and, and, and the richest of all blessings, generosity of soul. How about, you know, coupled with that, some kindness, How good is kindness? How cool is it to be kind? How cool is it when someone just exercises some kindness, some love, some generosity of soul? It's like you just go away, you just think about that person who showed you some love and some kindness all day long. And so it's a very, uh, very cool thing. You know, one of the ways that we can move from a consumer mindset to a generous mindset is to firstly pray, to plan, and to prepare ways to be generous with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. The word devise means to create, to invent, plan, and fabricate ways to be generous. This is why we've uh, initiated what we're calling date night for our you know, for our couples with young children or single parents with young children. So even if you're a single parent, you know, we're saying, hey, go and have a night out by yourself. You know, take yourself out on a date. Go to a movie or invite a friend and and do whatever. We just want to be, we're, we're trying to work out ways to be generous with your time by creating a space here for your children. When it comes to our finances, God doesn't want us to give all our money away. But he is asking for a portion of that, which he gives to all of us because all finances and all wealth, all time, all talent, all giftings and all blessings come from God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18 says, You may say to yourself that my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth, this blessing for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. And so, you know, I want us to just look at all of these uh, tennis balls today. I have 10 here. Let's just talk about giving just for a few moments. A tithe is defined as one-tenth of any earnings or produce. The tithe is defined uh, 10%, and uh, the tithe is God's trust test. The tithe, according to Scripture, goes to our local church, the storehouse, the house of God. Jesus died for the church, and tithing is God's plan of financing the local church. But perhaps we may think to ourselves that tithing is no longer for the New Testament. We know that in the Old Testament it was a, a tenth of everything, and, and, uh, but in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, we read the words of Jesus. And he said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you know, the religious people, you hypocrites. He said, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, which are justice, mercy, and faithfulness. 
But then he goes on to say, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So he's talking about both things. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I have come, uh, sorry, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And so all I want to do for uh, a few moments is just share with you some basic financial planning models uh, with you and you can ask yourself which one do you fit into okay this is going to help you because you know some sometimes I just hear how some people are not exactly a great steward of their finances like their their debts can be so high uh, they can be overspending you know spending money they don't have for things they don't really want or need to impress people they don't really like, right? So so goes the, the saying. But I want to encourage you, I want to empower you to have a sense of, uh, to have like a, a sense of victory, like you're overcoming, like you're in control and you're not being controlled by the externals. And this is the reason just for this little illustration. Again, I just want to share with you as a church just some basic uh, financial planning models that you can either adapt or not adapt. It's up to you. Uh, but, but here we have, uh, basically, let me just uh, get these in order. So we've got ties, and today we're uh, defining that as 10%. Then we've got uh, offerings, all right, and savings, <laughs> and spendings, okay? So here we have, let's just say it's uh, payday, and we've got all of our blessings from God. And God says, here's 10 tennis balls for you to do with whatever you like. However, pray that you have wisdom. Pray that, pray, prepare, and plan, and devise so that you can be generous in and on every occasion. So let's just say that we get our first, okay? We've got 10. Let's say it's $1,000. We put $100, right? Here's one model. I thought that might happen. <laughs> um, Brenton, come over here, bro. Just stand to the side just here. Grab that tennis ball. Put that one in the tithing container. And so now we're taking another and we're going to... You're gonna, are you going to catch this? <laughs> Brenton's like, yes. All right. For offerings, here's uh, another 10 for savings. And then here's the rest. How many is that? Yeah, seven. <laughs> here's the rest for spendings. And we're talking about, you know, all kinds of things. We're talking about uh, along the lines of food, uh, bills, uh, mortgage, rent, entertainment, uh, who knows what it might be, okay? And uh, so, as you can see, some of you have taken photos of that. Uh, there's just there's different ways that people steward their finances. Uh, I've heard, even just recently, how there are some who just take all of their income and use it all on spendings. And then they see what they got left over for, you know, uh, whatever else it might be. But I'm talking about 
how I've heard people can actually even use all of their spendings on entertainment, uh, purchasing goods, and then they have no money for bills or for their everyday uh, needs. So the thing is this, can I just encourage you, all I want to do is just encourage you to go away and have a look at your finances and have a look at what's coming in and have a look at your commitments, your financial commitments. And so uh, we, are, we haven't actually received our, our offering this morning, by the way. And uh, so we, we just want to do that. Thanks so much, uh, Burungi and uh, Eliza. God bless you. Uh, in a moment, I'll pray and then we can receive our giving. I just want to say uh, thank you so much to all of those who continually give into the house. It really does make uh, a big difference. And uh, so I'll pray in a moment, then we'll receive our offering. Uh, but to those who are visiting with us for the first time today, uh, could you please fill in your guest slip and then just place that in the offering container and that will just best enable us to serve you. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my house. If you do, says the Lord, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, God says, and put me to the test. It's, it's the tithe challenge. God says, test me now in this. God is saying, have a go. Put me to the test. It's the only time throughout all of Scripture does God say, test me and see if I will not bring about a harvest. And so let me just pray and uh, then we'll receive our giving. And so, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you've given to us. And even as we look at this particular model, uh, I just pray that we would think about just the stewardship of not only our finances, but of our time and of our talent when it comes to using and giving back to you what you have given to us. And so, Lord, we say thank you in Jesus' name. And um, again, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verses 30 to 31, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I just feel to, to pray. And uh, before we close today, I just want to pray. I just want to be led by the, the Holy Spirit as we just begin to pray. You know, prayer is so powerful. And I feel and I believe that God wants to stir up some people's prayer life. When was the last time you prayed? God wants you to know that He hears your prayers. God wants you to know that your prayers are not a waste of time. That your prayers matter. And sometimes, you know, it's not about the one who prays. It's about the one that we're praying to. That's where the power is. In fact, I believe that God has given me a word of knowledge for someone here today. And that word of knowledge is this. You've stopped praying because you don't believe that 
you're worthy or you're good enough to pray. The Lord wants you to know that He is worthy. And it's not about us, whether we're worthy or not, or how we see ourselves. The the fact is, God is worthy. And God is perfect. And God will do it. Furthermore, I hear the Holy Spirit saying to someone here today, you're focusing too much on what you have done when it comes to mistakes or how you define a failure or even failures. But the Lord would say to you today, it's not about what you have done. It is about what He has done. And the work that He has done upon the cross has been accomplished and it is finished. I feel that even in this moment, I feel the Holy Spirit and I see the Holy Spirit taking shame off you. It's like you've put on. You know how the Bible says to to put on kindness, to put on Christ, to put on love, to put on compassion? You know how the Bible says to do that? It says to put it on. Like you put on a coat in winter and walk around with that coat wherever you go. Well, I feel like the Lord has told me right here, right now, that some of you have taken off the coat, as it were, of love. You've you've put off love. You've put off faith. You've put off God's grace towards you. And you've put on shame. You've put on condemnation. You've put on not adequate, not qualified, not worthy. And the Lord wants you to take those things off. In fact, if you'll agree with me in prayer right now, I'll stand with you and I'll take those things off you. I'll take them off you right now if in your heart you will agree with me and say yes and amen. You know, sometimes that's the kind of, uh, you know, service or assistance or uh, sometimes that's all we need. We just need someone to come alongside us and agree with us for these things to come off us. Condemnation, wrong mindsets about ourselves, always feeling like we need to perform. You don't need to perform. You don't need to perform. Because God has performed the greatest sacrifice there could ever be. And now it's not you, now it's not about you trying to get things done, prove yourself. The Lord says you are approved because of what He has done. But I feel like this is a Holy Spirit moment. I I really do. In fact, uh, you know, I'm totally backing, you know, what my heart is feeling right now. I'm totally committed and I totally know that what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling for someone right now is totally in line with, with what God is doing, wanting to do in your heart. So again, if you will agree with this prayer, let me pray for you and take these things off you. Let me take them off you. As, I, as you agree with me in prayer, both in the room and online. And so, Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love, your great plan. It would seem like to me, God, that this is an appointed time for so many people. They've come here seeking. They've come here desiring you. They've come here to 
draw near to you, to inquire of you, but now I believe you're doing something that perhaps they didn't expect. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I take authority over every demonic power, every demon, every spirit of darkness, every spirit of condemnation that would seek to put shame and darkness on your beloved and precious people. And in the name of Jesus, I take these things off them. I take these things off them. And I hear the Lord saying, I hear the Lord saying, you are my beloved. You are beautiful to me. You are more beautiful than the longest and the finest of red roses. You are sweeter than the sweetest of honeycombs to me. You are the apple of my eye. And my thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of the sands of the earth. And every thought towards you is a thought of love, grace, compassion, tenderness, gentleness. Holy Spirit, you are so gentle and you are so kind. And what I feel people need in this moment online and in the room is an encounter with your gentleness. The comfort of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I declare that your people are no longer identified or defined by their history, by the mistakes in their history. They are identified and defined by the words that you speak in and over their lives and into their destiny. And I just declare shame off you, darkness off you, oppression and depression off you in the name of Jesus. You are strong. You are mighty. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than able. You are set free because you are in the presence of the Lord. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Holy Spirit, come upon every mind right now. Come upon every heart, even every broken heart, and heal them, I pray. Never the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.